Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. As we continue our series of podcasts called Harder Things, there's one aspect from this past Sunday's sermon that I want to continue talking about today, and it's the glory of God. This past Sunday, we set before a congregation this really big, deep topic that God is primarily about his own glory. And as I thought about what to say on a New Year's sermon, because we just entered the year 2020, I thought about, you know, what's the most important thing I could lay before my people and that we could focus on this brand new year. And as I searched the scripture, I was sort of hit in the face by this one thing over and over, and it's the glory of God. The glory of God is the greatest greatest and highest thing imaginable. And as we went on this journey this past Sunday to discover that, and not only to discover that it's the greatest, greatest and highest thing, but it's also the thing that God exists for, that God strives for, that God is about. He's not about mankind because it's not as great as the glory of God. He's not about the state of the universe because it's not as great as the glory of God. He's not about angels or heavenly beings because they're not as great as the glory of God. And God is about what's the greatest and the highest and the best. He says in Isaiah chapter 55 that his ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. In fact, so high, so high is heaven above the earth. That's how high God's ways and thoughts are higher than ours. And that means that God desires things that you and I don't desire. God is about things that you and I are still not yet about. And I compare that to my children. I have six children and my children know that dad and mom love them. But they also have this blurry line thinking that dad and mom must be about their happiness. That if they love them, then dad and mom just must exist to make them happy. So they bark orders at us sometimes. Get me this, buy me this, do this for me, mom and dad, because I've seen that you love me, so obviously you must be about me. And that's a blurry line that we sometimes walk with the Lord going, oh, he loves me? He sent his son for me? He went to those lengths just to love my soul? Well, then God must be about me. God must be about my happiness and my well-being. But if you have a, a, a full counsel view of the word of God, that's not really what you find, is it? You don't really find that God is primarily concerned about man's happiness or well-being because there's something higher and greater, and it's the glory of God. But we did say on Sunday, and I want to say it confidently again, that God's glory is never at the expense of him not loving us. That in order to achieve his own glory, he has to stomp us down or neglect us or forget about us or you know, hurt us eternally. No, he doesn't. He has this perfect system set up that the best way he glorifies himself is when he loves sinners. Because sinners can't pat themselves on the back. Sinners can't take any credit. If sinners really know who they are when God loves them and gives them mercy and forgiveness, they have to return the glory to God. Now, that's a cool system that God has set up that he loves us along with glorifying himself. But we can't blur the line to think that God is therefore about me. God is there and exists for my happiness and my well-being. No, he doesn't. Because the glory of God is the highest thing. I don't know if you've ever played card games. We, we played card games growing up, games like Rook and Spades and things like that. And I'm going to I'm gonna probably get the rules wrong here of, of these games and forget which game I'm talking about. But in one of those games, there was a, a trump card. Do you remember that? That one of these games, Rook, or whatever those games were, you're playing, everybody has a turn and goes around, and there's like different colors. And one of the colors, green, blue, black, red, one of them was always selected to be the trump color. 
And so you're playing your card and you're trying to win the pile of cards or whatever. And again, I'm probably getting the rules wrong or mixing games up here. But one of the colors that you had in your possession was a trump color. And if you wanted to win the pile, all you needed to do was play that trump color and you would win the pile of cards. And I remember that game going, oh, yeah, I want as many trump cards as I can get because I can win the pile then. And, and it's a silly illustration, but the God's glory is that trump card. God's glory is that trump card. When there's, when there's two things that need to happen or want to happen at the same time, let's say it's my happiness, something that I want. But God also wants his own glory. And for some reason, the two things can't happen simultaneously. I can't have what I want, and he can't be glorified. We would probably call God's glory the trump card. God's glory is the trump card. That is the card that you should always play no matter what. And we know that because in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. That right there is the harder thing. Now, I think even understanding that God is about his own glory is a harder thing. But we're going to take that even one level beyond that today to see that you and I should strive for the glory of God above everything. For us to doctrinally agree that God is about his own glory is one thing. And we should, and we should appreciate that and value that. But for us to live for that is a harder thing because that's costly. It's costly to live for the glory of God. It costs things. It costs things like time and energy and disciplines and money and focus and your desires and your will to achieve the glory of God. I uh, I worked at a retail store growing up when I in my early 20s, and I've told these stories before, but uh, a couple of Black Fridays, I had to work really long shifts. And during this Black Friday, they had these things called doorbusters, it was basically the deal of the day. And in the early 20s, I don't know if you remember, but DVD players were kind of coming out. They were just sort of a brand new item. And so DVD players were really expensive in the early 2000s. And I remember them being like $200 or something like that for a decent one. And so Black Friday came up and the store that I was working at had these door busters. They had these really cheap DVD players. And when I say cheap, I mean cheap in two different fashions. <laughs> They were cheap as in they were inexpensive. They were $20, but they were also cheap. They were cheaply made. It was a cheap product. And I know that because I the brand name was like Skavitsky or something like that. It was a brand I'd never heard of. And it didn't look like it was properly made. We had one of these things on display. And sometimes the door wouldn't open for the put the DVD player in. And sometimes we couldn't get it to turn it on. And, and that was the door buster of the day. And so I remember us, we were stacking like a hundred of these in a pile so that people could come in on Black Friday, grab the $20 DVD player and, and have a DVD player for Christmas. And so people would stand for two to three hours in line trying to get this doorbuster DVD player. And I, I remember just people flooding in, flocking in and grabbing these DVD players. And I'm thinking in my mind going, you guys don't know what you're buying. You don't know what you're buying. This thing is not that valuable. <laughs> And I, I was thinking in my mind, they're, they're going to return this DVD player. Once they realize that the door doesn't open all the time and they can't even turn it on sometimes, they're going to return this thing. They waited two to three hours in line just to get this. They paid $20 of their money to get this DVD player and they're going to return it. And that's exactly what happened. Ten days or whatever after Christmas, almost 100% of these DVD players were returned because they were junk. They were Skavitsky. And... 
that right there sort of represents the glory of man. See, the glory of man, scripture tells us, is like a fading flower. It's here for a season, and then it withers, and it goes away. That's just kind of how the glory of man is. Another example of that is sports. I'm a sports fan. I grew up watching sports. I still watch sports today. We're right in the middle of the NFL playoff season, and NFL is, is a perfect representation of this. People in the NFL almost literally beat their brains out to get the glory of man, to get the Super Bowl trophy, to have the glory of man just for one season. They are fighting and struggling and disciplining themselves, agonizing of, over how to get the glory of man. And the problem is, is the glory of man is like the cheap DVD player. It's not worth that much. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your discipline. It's not worth your energy. It's not worth your blood, sweat, and tears. But the glory of God is. The glory of God is worth that. And the glory of man is, is, is going to fade. It's, it's been promised to fade. Even if you don't believe the scripture, which we do, but even if you look at the logic of sports and mankind, I'm going to tell you, I don't remember who won the Super Bowl two and three years ago. Two and three years ago, these guys fought and struggled for the glory of man. They got the trophy. We praised them. We adored them. And then a year went by and someone else won it. And now two years have gone by and I can't even tell you who won it. I can't even tell you who won the Super Bowl two years ago because that's how the glory of man is. And going back to the illustration about the cheap DVD player, the people who were standing in line thought they were getting a great bargain. They thought they were getting a great deal. In fact, I remember as I was working at the DVD uh, at the TV section there, these people were coming back and asking me to referee it because I guess a woman and a man thought they both grabbed the last DVD player and they wanted me to referee it. So they came to me saying, listen, I had it. And the guy's like, no, I had it. I'm the one who had the DVD player. And they wanted me to sort of figure out who, who, who should get it. And I'm going, thinking in my mind, going, guys, this isn't worth it. Who cares? This is a cheap Skavitsky DVD player that's not going to last. It's not worth your time waiting. It's not worth your money. It's certainly not worth losing your dignity over or fighting a woman for. And that's the glory of man. And God doesn't want us fighting and struggling for the glory of man because it's not worth that much. He wants us fighting for his glory because it matters for the rest of eternity. It's the highest and greatest and best thing and Paul almost said that verbatim in the chapter right before 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 9, I want you to listen to what he said in verse 24. Paul says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Okay, we can understand that. There's one prize. We all want the prize, so we should run in order to obtain the prize. Then he says this in verse 25. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And Paul is telling us once again, the glory of man is not worth it. The glory of man is the perishable wreath. And athletes punish themselves. They have strange diets, they wake up really early, they get into the gym and punish themselves, and they do it for the glory of man. But the glory of man has been promised to perish and to wither and to go away and to be forgotten about. And Paul's saying there's something so much greater than that. There's an imperishable wreath. And although the discipline it takes to get the glory of man is a lot of discipline, 
what we're striving for in the glory of God is so much greater. Therefore, it's also costlier. It's costlier. It's going to demand more of us. It's going to demand more time and more energy and more focus to achieve the glory of God in our lives. And so going back to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And it's so easy to just say that verse in passing and going, yeah, yeah, glorify God in everything. But that's such a high bar, isn't it? Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Is that how you lived your past week? Did you glorify God in every aspect of your life from sun up to sun down? I'm guessing like me, you didn't. You didn't reach that bar yet. That bar is incredibly high. And it's incredibly costly to get there. But here's the greatest thing about it. It's worth it. It's the greatest purpose we have, the glory of God. I like illustration, so I'm going to use another one. Um, Fighting for a DVD player, getting in a scuffle over a cheap DVD player, yeah, it's not worth it. It's just not. But what if you were agonizing and struggling for the life of a loved one? a child or a spouse, and they were in harm's way, and you had to do something really difficult to save their life. Don't you think it'd be worth it? Now we're talking about something that's worth it. Children, spouses, loved ones, if we have to struggle and do something hard in order to save their lives, that's worth it. But a cheap DVD player, no, that's not worth fighting about. That's not worth waiting in line for. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. The glory of man isn't worth it. It's not worth it. No matter if you get it, and you might get it, with your struggling, with your disciplines, you might get it, and your peers might not. You might beat them to the glory of man. You might get more of it. You might have it better than they do. But it won't last. It's guaranteed not to last. And so, once you return the glory of man, is it going to be worth it then? All your struggle, all your energy, all your fight, no, it's not going to be. When you have the perspective of God on the other side, you're going to go, what was I doing Why did I struggle for that cheap Skavitsky version of the glory of man? Why? It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth my time and my dignity and my disciplines and my struggling. I should have struggled for something greater. And that's the harder thing. For us to wrap our minds around the glory of God is that thing. It is the greatest, highest thing imaginable. It is the thing worth our energy, worth our blood, sweat, and tears. Because God's worthy of it. And not only is God worthy of it, because that's great enough motivation, but God has this great system set up that when we strive for his glory, we are also taking care of our eternal souls. See, it's never God striving after his glory at the expense of hurting us. Never. It's never God striving for his own glory and stomping us down in order to get it. No, God has this wonderful system set up that when he glorifies himself. And when we glorify him, we are loved for the rest of eternity. We are taken care of for the rest of eternity. We are blessed for the rest of eternity. Now, it might mean and probably will mean that you will lose things on the earth. You will lose your money and your time and your energy and your desires and your happiness upon the earth, maybe even your well-being and your health upon the earth. But never in eternity. Never really where it matters the most. You will be set up and blessed for the rest of time if you lived for the glory of God. And even with the earthly things that we got to give up, we just have to remember 
that although it does cost a lot to achieve the glory of God in our lives, it's so far above what we actually will give to attain it. The glory of God is so valuable. The glory of God will ring and echo throughout eternity. The glory of God, when we stand before God and we're able to hand these crowns to him, saying, I did it for you, God. I represented your name, God. I lived for your holiness, God. He will find great pleasure from that. Is there going to be anything greater than that? No, there's not. There's not going to be anything greater than saying, we lived for your glory, God. Now, what we're not doing is making the name of God great. God's name is great on its own. What you and I are here to do is simply represent his name well, to display God well to this earth, to let people see how great our God is in everything we do, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, to represent how great our God is to this world. So people love him and adore him and praise him and think highly of him and want to serve him because he's worth it. That is what you and I should be doing at every aspect. And if there's a thing that you and I want upon the earth and it can't happen at the same time as the glory of God, that's when the glory of God is the trump card. And we need to play the trump card because the glory of God is greater than my happiness. It's greater than my desires. It's greater than my well-being on the earth. It's the trump card. And if you want to glorify God, we said this on Sunday, all you need to do is look to Jesus. Look to Jesus because Jesus lived his entire life for the glory of God. And it cost Jesus greatly to do that. It meant he didn't get praised and got rejected. He got blasphemed. He got mocked. He got whipped. He got crucified. He bled and died on a cross. But he achieved the glory of God. And where is Jesus today? He's basking in that glory for the rest of eternity. The glory of God, Jesus would say, countless saints that have gone before us would say, it is worth it. It was worth the discipline. It was worth the struggle. It was worth the loneliness. It was worth giving up my stuff on the earth. The glory of God is that great. And I hope that's a perspective we can wrap our minds around today because we have a thousand choices to make today. Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we have a thousand decisions to make today. The decisions often will line up with what makes us happy. But we got to remember there's a trump card. There's something greater than that. Will we play that card today? Will we live for the glory of God over our own desires, over our own happiness? Because it's the greatest, it's the highest, it's the best. And our great God is worthy for this world to see him properly. Look to Jesus. Look how he lived. Look how he taught. Look what he told us to do. He knows exactly and precisely how to glorify God the best and get right behind him and do exactly as he taught, exactly as he did. And know that when you invest in the glory of God, you are investing in the treasure of treasures an imperishable wreath that will never wither, never go away, never lose its value, never be forgotten about. It will live on into eternity, and so will your investment. Live for the glory of God in everything you do this week and today, and may you be blessed today. 
Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.